Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. The Last Kids on Earth and their superhero alter egos are back in the latest installment of the graphic novel spinoff series, The Last Comics on Earth, Too Many Villains. Jack, June, Quint, and Dirk face their biggest challenge yet, creating the sequel to their hit graphic novel in a mad dash, puzzle-filled race across Apocalyptia to stop the biggest evil plan in history. Hey, you know what the creators of Last Comics on Earth's evil plan is? Make me and my kids love these books. Seriously, my younger kid is a huge fan of both the Last Kid series and the Last Comic series. It's true. And now I'm hooked too. The whole team has created a delightful cast of characters with some fantastic kid-friendly art throughout that will appeal to readers of all ages. Buy your copy of The Last Comics on Earth in stores today. You can also visit lastkidsonearth.com to learn more. Everybody, welcome to the stack. I am Alex. I am Justin. I'm Pete. Do you need me to check this mic at all, or are we? Good? Wait, what are you talking about? You, you're just, you know, Justin got to do a mic check. You did a mic check. You did a mic check like ten minutes hours ago. Too long. Pete, too things you, could have happened. When you shout, it's easy to test your mic. It's always off. Right. <laughs> okay. Here's what I do: is when you test the mic, and I'm sure everybody wants to know this. When you test the mic, you're like, "Fucking fuck!" fuck yeah, I go, "Fuck, fuck, fuck you, you fucking fuck. fuck!" Yeah, that's how I test. Which is it. very helpful because that's not how you actually talk in real life. So what I'll usually do is I'll take your settings and put it like way low, and then during <laughs> the show I put it way up, and then back and forth and back and forth. It's, wow, that sounds a like a lot that you go through. Listen, Let's definitely leave this in. <laughs> <laughs> everybody wants to know about this right at the top of our stack podcast, which is about reviewing comic books that have come out this week. Let's jump the into stack. it. Let's, Pete, what is going on with you today? <laughs> You're constantly like, we got to get to it. Come on, I got yep. this plane I have to catch or whatever Pete's the fuck Pete's transformation is going on. into the show's heckler is complete. <laughs> and now he's going to finally... Make it work! Yeah. Do you know what I think is going on? I think this is a beat. I think this is Pete 2020. And we're going to be talking about Iron Man 2020, yeah. number one from Marvel Comics by Dan Slott and Christos Gage, art by Pete Woods. This is kicking off a big storyline that we were just talking about last week on the live show, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, where the, <laughs> no, I'm trying Wait, to. We did a live show last week, right? I was like rifling through my mental Rolodex oh. there to be like, oh, yeah, it was Matt Rosenberg. We had Matt Rosenberg on, and he was talking about he's working on Forceworks 2020, yes. which is part of this crossover that this book. Kicks off. Yeah. Were you a fan, Justin, of Iron Man 2020 back in the day? Back when it was in 2020? Uh, I'll tell you what. I don't think so. What I, this book reminded me of that I was a fan of was Armor Wars. Oh, right. Uh, way back in the day, because it had this sort of Not dark... Armory Wars, no. but Armor Wars. Uh, Amory Wars, what you're thinking oh, of. Oh, my bad. Uh, Armor Wars, um, it was very dark. It had a dystopian feel to it. And this is the futuristic version of that, I felt. Yes. Ooh. I... I really enjoy the idea of this. That like yeah. they have this future stuff. I hope they do this when we eventually reach 2099, where it's like it is now. Yeah, 
that would be fun as well. Uh, but they actually very slowly built up to the plot of Arno Stark, who was back in the day the Iron Man of 2020, ending up in this position. It works really well. I think there's a fun twist for Tony Stark going on here. Yeah. Enjoy the robot revolution that's going on, all of the big enemy stuff that's going on in the background. This is fun. This is a fun kickoff. It's especially fun. Uh, Pete will be with your question in one second. We're accepting questions at the end when the Q&A is. And since you're a heckler, we're probably not going to call on you. Okay. Right. Uh, also, make sure it's a question and not more of a comment. Okay, right, good, let's right. go on. <laughs> uh, what I was going to say is it's funny to read a book like this where you're sort of rooting for the quote-unquote bad guys. Right. Uh, which Arno Stark and um, his business partner, you sort of don't like them. They seem like jerks because they're mean to robots and they don't respect robots. Uh, we have a question from the audience. Okay, great. Uh, uh, so I'm sorry, sir. We'll all write one second. We have another question we're getting to first. Oh, my uh, <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. That was just a big pile of folders. Well, I guess we'll take yours. Okay, so if you could say your name. What's your name? What's your question? Uh, my name is Pete, and I'm wondering... Oh, so, sorry, I'm going to turn the volume up a little bit. Here. <laughs> okay. Sorry, so I'm, so I'm wondering, like... So Tony Stark is dead. Cool. But then there is... AI Tony Stark, and then there's a guy who's not Tony Stark, but his name is Arno Stark. <laughs> wow. Oh, good. You definitely read it. Yeah. You've All proven right. that. So let's very quickly go through the past, I want to say, five yeah, years. Yeah, explain what the fuck is going on, because this well, book... We've read... Uh, no offense, Matt. We've read several Iron Man comic books over yep. the past couple of years. That's true. I this... guess you're not an Iron Fan of Iron Man. Mm, there we go. Good point. Uh, Arno Stark. I mean, I liked it when it was Riri Williams. That was awesome. Sure, yes. that's Ironheart. Right. But she she was in the Iron Man book for a little bit. Yeah, right? she was. Thank yeah. you. Justin. So I'll tell you what. Um, uh, there's a great timeline in the back of this book that lays it out, uh, which is it's saying that um, uh, Tony Stark uploaded and downloaded his consciousness yeah, a number of times, that. and he was like, I'm actually maybe more closer to AI than I am a man at this point, and this book is saying, yeah, you are. And you've been, you died, uh, Tony Stark died, and this AI Tony Stark has been the person who we've known for quite a while. Yeah. This Ooh. was back at the end of Civil War II when he was, yeah. they didn't want to, like, strictly kill him again, but they put him in a weird coma where they're like, ah, eh, it's not a coma, and he's not dead. We'll get to what it is later. That's what happened was... He re-uploaded his consciousness into this new flesh body. Flesh bot. Which is totally different from what's going on in X-Men, where it's definitely the X-Men, and they're not AI. No. Uh, but here, he is AI, so that's what's going on. Arno Stark was first introduced in a metal lung. He was Tony Stark's brother. Who Did you was say in a metal lung? Yeah, whatever yeah. that's called. Yeah, Iron Lung. Iron Lung. Yeah, there you go. That makes sense. Yes. Uh, So he was introduced. He was in an Iron Lung. Uh, He was as smart, if not smarter, than Tony. His parents kept him hid away for a very long period of time, and he showed up, and over time, he has gained more abilities, and he really has it out for Tony. And that's been present in, I want to say, every issue of Iron Man for the past five years or so. So that's what's going on. Um, Feeling better? You uh, look like you want to kill me right now. Yeah, because you talk down to me and treat me like an asshole. Oh, Interesting. Sorry, well, it's because he's an AI. Nah, yes. that makes sense. And doesn't that make you sort of dislike robots? Yeah. Oh, also, that's... I'm an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The AI, the A stands for asshole intelligence. Yes. Right. Assholes <laughs> Incorporated. <laughs> yeah. uh, cool company, bro. Thanks very much. Uh, definitely pick this up, though. I think it's a lot of fun. Uh, and one of the more fun kickoffs to an event that I've yeah. seen in a while. It feels different. It doesn't feel like that sort of normal, like, oh, no, we have a crisis on our hands. Uh, let's call in all the heroes. This is like the crisis has been going on for a while, and which side are you on? Maybe not 
who you think. Right. There you go. Moving to our next title from IDW, <laughs> Rom Diaras number one, written by Chris Ryle, art by Luco Pizzari, uh, Guy Durian Sr., and Sal Buscema. Uh, this is not what I was expecting when I picked up a Diaras title. Yeah. But without getting too heavily into it, the rights behind Rom, the rights behind Diaraths are so complicated. Yeah. I used to love that stuff from Marvel back in the day, but IDW cannot use it in exactly the same way, I believe. Uh, they got some of the rights, but not all of the rights. So I was expecting like the sort of chubby dudes with the little uh, things hanging out on their nose. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was not boogers? No. Uh, they they had like these uh, like flesh bags hanging off their face. Those were the diorites? The diorites, yeah. yeah. So they're a little bit more alien-y. Yeah. Uh, and in this story, during the first moon landing, it's a secret mission that gets upended by the Dire Wraiths. There's a bunch of other stuff going on here. We get a backup story with Rom, the Space Knights, perhaps final There's mission. the Rom I remember in the backup story. Yeah? What did you think about it, Pete? I thought it was good. Uh, uh, the first story was a little weird. It's it, To me, like uh, I understand, like, okay, you have these aliens, and they want to kind of, like... Uh, you know, wait for the humans to show up and then kind of kill them or whatever. Cool, 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 cool. But then when they're fighting as well and wearing space helmets, that was a little weird for me. Uh, but I thought, like, the backup story kind of brought the ROM that I know and love to the forefront. Yeah, it definitely felt like the backup story, it's more like two stories that will become one as opposed to, yeah. like, a main story and a backup story. Right. I mean, the first story felt like uh, Aliens. The movie, yep, and uh, we're gonna see those characters, and they're like, "Don't you bring that gun, lady?" And then it's, I think she should have brought the gun. Yeah. yeah, let me be honest. Well, don't bring a gun into space. Yeah, ever don't bring a gun to a space fight. <laughs> That's a <laughs> very good point. Moving on to an Archie comics title, Archie's number seven ten, aka Archie and Katie Keen, number one by Mariko Tamaki and Kevin Panetta, art by Laura Braga. This is bringing Katie Keen into the Archie comics ongoing universe. Mixing it up with Archie, who's still dating Sabrina, and everybody is thrown for a loop because Katie Keaton knows fashion. Yeah. This was a little heartbreaking because I like Archie with Sabrina. Yeah. And then when he was like staring at Katie Keen and Sabrina was like, hey, I was like, yeah, Archie, hey, what the fuck are you doing, bro? I don't think it was romantic, though. I think Archie is threatened by Katie Keene because Archie wants to be a music superstar, and now everybody is paying attention to Katie Keene. It's kind of like if you have a dog who's chasing after everybody, which Archie is, and then (laughs) something else distracts everybody from the dog, like, I don't know, an ice cream truck or whatever. So Katie Keene's the ice cream truck, and Archie's the dog, and he's like, oh, why is everybody paying attention to this ice cream truck instead of me? Don't justify him being a douchebag, man. I'm not. I'm just calling him a dog. Hold on a second. So I'm sorry, drawing what you said is a sort of a visual math problem? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, what do you so guys think? So Katie Keene is leaving Chicago at 2 o'clock, and then Archie <laughs> is leaving Philadelphia at 4.30. Uh, uh, who, will die in, who will die in Riverdale? Yeah. Um, what do you think of those sort of... Uh, this is another title that has very much Riverdale, the TV show, uh, elements to it. Yeah. Um, do you feel... Do you long for non-Riverdale Archie comics? No. They still exist. And Are you talking yes. like legit classic Archie comics? I'm talking about new comics. The Archie title that uh, Mark Wade was doing sort of as Riverdale started to come out felt like it wasn't Riverdale, the TV show. It was just like a new version of Archie. Right. The thing that confused me about this issue a little bit is Jughead is narrating, and, and it seems like 
doom and gloom is coming to Riverdale, except for the fact that, like, it's just Katie Keene, and she's bringing some fun fashions for everybody to wear. Yeah. Fashion is death. So in terms of that, I think, I don't know, I don't need Jughead's, like, what will happen next narration, because that doesn't seem to match what's going on. Yeah. Um, Wait but, for it, though. Well, we'll see what happens. Wait for it. But I think the point is, like, Riverdale, the TV show, is about murder and darkness, and this comic has that tone, but it's a sort of jealousy about being good at music. Right. So I, it's don't just forget in, about the fashion, though. No, and that's what I'm saying. Again, fashion is not the, uh, fashion is not murder, despite I just said fashion is death. Uh so I just think it's an interesting... I think a little man named Valentino would disagree with you. Nice. Good. I don't know what you're talking about. I also don't. Uh, great. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I don't know. It's just interesting that they seem to be telling the same type of Archie stories with this darker tone because of the TV show. Yeah. Having said all that, I'd also love Archie and Sabrina, and I think this is a good uh, extension of that. It's just fun to see them all together. Exactly. It's great. Bring all the characters together. Have a good time. And honestly, I like seeing different art interpretations of all the Archie characters because they're so well that done. That is fun. Yeah. yeah. Next, we to turn to DC Comics Freedom Fighters number 12. This is the last issue of the Maxi series written by Robert Vendetti, art by Eddie Barrows. We love the first issue of this. Ooh, yeah, first couple of issues, but we haven't checked in with it in a while, so I thought let's check in at the end here as everything goes down and the Freedom Fighters take the fight to the Fourth Reich for the last time. Uh, why did you wince at me? That's... When we made that noise, it was a little right? like, yeah. I mean, that's how it's pronounced. Yeah, I know, but it's just you don't like painful it. to hear oh, all okay. love. Okay, all right, sorry. Um, I... Should I just fourth buddies or something like that? Uh, I mean, yeah. don't make them. Okay. Fourth buddies. <laughs> <laughs> We'd never see that coming. Oh, God, stop. <laughs> just to think if Hitler was like, we are the third buddies. <laughs> oh, Watch out. Oh, this is nice. Uh, so, um... This book is good. It's it was so dark and so different at the beginning, and then uh, this is a nice sort yeah, of. It's nice to see Uncle Sam with his powers back and able to kind of mix it up because America's back. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, but I feel like the uh, <laughs> we're a dumpster fire. I don't know if you're aware. I'm of talking that. about in the comic. Oh, in the comic, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. that well, comic where America is overrun by Nazis. Yeah, how'd you feel about that? Because it was uh, it was. Uh, it was Uncle Sam right. stamping on Nazis, like literally yeah. stamping on Nazis, Crunching. which you, you love stamping on Nazis. I do love that. Especially America, robot Nazis. Which you seem as a cultural critic to have a little bit of a problem with right now. So were you? Wow. did you feel it was complicated reading this book, Pete? Uh, I feel like uh, things are complicated right now, but it was nice to have this book to show that, you know, America can still stomp on Nazis. And I hope we get back to that at some point. As a... Uh, a cultural critic, which is what you're calling yourself now. How do you feel about the rise of corporations like Asshole Incorporated over here? <laughs> yeah, I don't like Do you it. feel like that culture is out of control? Yes, I do. I do. I'm glad you're talking about Do you about feel it. like, uh, to continue along the side of thought, do you feel like the products that we've been recently, recently are, on a scale of 1 to 10, uh, good or not good? Not good being uh, 1 and good being 10. <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah. What products are you talking about? The Just comics answer the that question. Were... Just answer the question. <laughs> From Asshole Incorporated, the products that were. Uh, one. Okay. Uh, would you be more willing to buy these products if the name changed to something like Buddies Incorporated? <laughs> oh, careful. This, <laughs> this is a trap. This is a trap. I like this book. Yeah, me too. 
And this conversation is, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what is great about this book to me? Uh, Robert Vudetti is writing the crap out of it, and it's super fun uh, yeah. to, yeah, like the fight between Uncle Sam and cyborg Nazi Superman. Yeah. Yeah. Great stuff. Fun. Love it. Uh, but Eddie Barrow's art is so good in here. Uh, that, to me, brings it far beyond where it is. Uh, I enjoyed this quite a bit. Cool. Great. <laughs> Image Comics Undiscovered Country number three by Scott Snyder and Charles Soule. Art by Giuseppe Cabacoli and Danielle Orlandini. Uh, man, this book is wild every issue. And it was wild Speaking before. About America being in a tough spot, like in this book, America is basically walled off. America's Shark City, man. Yeah. yeah. Shark City. That's what happens <laughs> if we let Everybody this. Everybody wants to. Were you seeing Dog City? Yep. I knew uh, it. <laughs> but, yeah, <laughs> Shark City just kind of reminded me of, like, uh, Florida took over the whole country or, like, you know, like along, like, Myrtle Beach, all those, like, shark tooth stores and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you think they yeah. should have called this comic Florida World? <laughs> oh, man. That's fun. That's a future comic. Yeah. Hey, real quick, I want to backtrack. What are these shark tooth stores you've been <laughs> frequenting in Myrtle Beach? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds crazy. And you're saying that's real. It's real. Yeah. They do have <laughs> little, like, stores that. Yeah. A series of shark tooth stores. Yep, yep. So the brief concept of this book, America has been walled off for decades at this point. Yeah, three decades. Three decades. Uh, outside the wall, the rest of the world is suffering from this virus called Sky. We don't actually know what Sky does yet. We just know no. that it's bad. So probably gives small, you a tan. Probably gives you a sweet tan. Uh, yeah, or a shark tooth. Sky. Gives yeah. you like one shark tooth. Uh, that explains why you have all these shark tooth necklaces. All yeah. of a sudden, now it makes sense. Yeah. Did you know that human beings can get shark teeth? What do you mean by that? <laughs> you mean at a store? Uh, no, no. <laughs> you can actually get like a second row of teeth. Ah, nice. My daughter but, got this. But Oh, <laughs> she caught it or she just had it? She had it. She had shark teeth. But Is were they sharp feed, shark teeth or were they human, human teeth? Because you throw like meat she, in the air. When she, she had her baby teeth in the front right. and then she'd grow her adult teeth behind them and they wouldn't come out properly yet like eventually they'd fall out but there's a period of time where she'd have like a small row of teeth and then another row of teeth terrified does she, your daughter never does she never stop moving <laughs> or she, she stops yeah. awake and she dies yeah oh only God. eats meat too wow that's yeah. cool yeah and she lives in the water and uh she's a shark uh you might be the father of a shark <laughs> man oh, okay yeah, i'll right. tell you what keep her away from pete yeah, guy loves shark teeth, and so he'll get them no matter where up. he has to go. <laughs> a small group of people have ventured Baby inside of America shark, shark. after. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, after there is a message that comes out of America for the first time in decades. Uh, when they get there, they things find out that things have changed a crazy amount. And this issue in particular, we find out that time is working differently inside the United States. We found out that there's a number of walled places set out as a spiral leading to the center of the country. And the theory we are dealing with this issue as our main group sneaks in and tries to get an item that is going to get them through the next uh, part of the wall, uh, they find out that each section of the spiral seems to exist in its own time period. Uh, which is bonkers. Let me, what were you going to say about this, though, Justin? You, I interrupted. It is uh, started out wild, and this issue makes the reality so much crazier. Yeah. And it helps explain how wild some of the earlier stuff is, but it makes the whole story, like, it's like a sci-fi mashup um, more and, than you would have ever and expected. It, what's hilarious is you've got two great writers on this, and, like, one of them had to be like, hey, I've got this crazy idea, and then I feel like the other one's like, 
you know, make it even crazier. And they just kind of like amped each other up because this is an insane book. What do you guys think is in the center of this spiral? I think not to not answer that question, but I think uh, you could probably cut to Scott Snyder and Charles Soule right now doing the top that routine from Teen Witch. <laughs> ah. I think yeah. it's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what's in the center of the spiral. Probably. What do you, what do you think? It nougat. <laughs> Um, uh, I agree and I think the way they came up with this was hanging out at cons and they sort of live near each other just like meeting up to go running I think they said in the back matter of the first issue and they would just run and have these crazy ideas and just try to top each other until we get this story Okay, so they were dehydrated and fabished and came up with this book I mean, uh, the back matter in this, where they kind of answer some questions, is great. Very fun, yeah. yeah. Uh, yep. I when I go running, the blood flowing come up with a lot of great ideas. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. How often do you run again? Oh, he runs once a, a year, lot, actually. No, I do run a lot. Actually, <laughs> oh, do you? I do. Yeah, oh, I no he idea. does. It's weird. I found that out. Huh. Uh, I you run. Think it would show more. Oh, what do you mean? Whoa. Shit. Okay. Oh, Get the fuck off happened? this, dude. Uh, I'll tell you happened? what, Alex. I lost 13 pounds recently, and you oh. haven't noticed a fucking thing about it. Oh. Well, someone at work uh, came up to me and said, you lost weight. And I was like, you're goddamn right. I mean, listen, Justin, man, you look you're not paid, asshole incorporated I will to say, compliment I, you. I will. Me. You're goddamn right I'm not. I will say maybe my voice sounds fatter. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's why. Because mostly you just hear me. Yeah. But I'm actually, uh, I run like six miles. A, I probably run like 18 miles a week. Wow. wow. That's amazing. Good yeah. for you. Especially in New York. That's weird. That's great. Pete, you want to go running later? No. <laughs> okay. Uh, this book is great. Uh, the art is fantastic as well. Yeah. Uh, let's move on. Talk about Rye, number three from Valiant Comics. I would, by, oh, I would yes. like, sorry, I just, I do really like this book and where they're going with it. It's just insane how crazy it keeps yes. getting. And I love it. Well, I think the thing that keeps it even, just to jump back to it for a second, the thing that keeps it even is they're taking this very Lost-style structure where each issue, they flash back, show you one of the members of the group that reveals something new about the world, about the mission, about secret things. Everybody has a reason to be there. And that's the thing that keeps it grounded. They're both, uh, Snyder and Soul are great yeah. at character. Uh, and it shows. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Uh, Ride number three from Valley Comics by Dan Abnett and art by Juan Jose Rip, uh, who is one of my absolute favorite artists. So Aww. I just love flipping through this book and looking at his art. Yeah, no, it is great. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. I got confused because you started to say the title and then picked back up without the title. Rye. 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 Yeah. That's what yeah. we're talking just about. Just your right favorite now. bread. Yeah. yeah. It's that comic book. Read a lot of bread comics this week, so keep up, okay? (laughs) Okay, yeah, my bad, my bad. You're going to love raisin. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to love cinnamon raisin. Uh, I was trying to think of weird breads. This is not bloodshot. The cinnamon raisin swirl was my favorite bread, man. That's why I said it. It's the only thing that kids eat. With this guy loves shark teeth and raisin bread. (laughs) Are you my child? Yeah. Huh. Uh, So Rye is far the future of the Valiant Universe. Uh, he is a cybernetic organism, kind of like Bloodshot, but not specifically Bloodshot, uh, who is traveling <laughs> with a smaller version of himself, a chlorosis desert do. wasteland. We get to see a character from previously in the Rye run, uh, so it's nice to see her back, get some continuity going on there. Um, just fun, crazy action with the dinosaur. And talk about... Yeah, that's a great way to describe it. Thanks, yeah, it's a selling point. Uh, and talk about pairing up an artist with a story. Yeah, this is just perfect. Uh, it's a story set in the future. The art has a futuristic adventure tone. Uh, it's a little it reminds me a little bit of Jeff Darrow. Uh, oh yeah, uh, uh-huh. if you know who that is, uh, very detailed uh, art that the uh, characters really pop. Futuristic, 
Very good. You yeah, like I Jeff Darrow, right? Pete? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the the intensity of this, and also just kind of like the, with the first couple of like issues, they've been doing a great job of like setting us up while throwing us in the middle of action. I think it's some great storytelling and fantastic art. Next up from Marvel Comics Avengers number 29 by Jason Aaron, Ed McGuinness, and Paco Medina. Talking about crazy stuff. We've mentioned this a couple of times on the live show, I think. Uh, but I, I missed a couple of issues here of Avengers. But it is still so fun to jump into any individual issue because it's like, okay, Thor is brood Thor now. Black yeah. Widow has crazy armor and she's fighting uh, the Shi'ar guard in space. There's uh, Black Silver Surfer shows up. It's a space uh, prison break meets uh, the formation of a new Earth protector at the same time. You get a time. sword fight with a, and the other and Silver Surfer's using his surfboard. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, uh, Blade puts on Bad Thing, and yeah. there's that great line where he's like, are, "Who who asks him? Oh, it's She-Hulk. She yeah, Hulk's she like, like are, aren't you burning right now?'" And Blade's like, "Yeah, I'm fucking burning. Yeah, yeah. I know fear, and I'm wearing Man Thing. Yeah, yeah, I don't care. Uh, and yeah, they're fighting with a surfboard. It's just fun. Uh, yeah, it really and I is. think. I love this. I like. I think this is great. It's super fun. It's like a ton of ideas. Just like this is. Let's just be crazy. Yeah. This in comparison with Justice League. I think we've talked about yeah. this a little bit on the live show. How these two team books feel like they're both doing so much at the same time, but in opposite tones. Justice League is super serious. Everything's on the table. It's the world's. The universe is falling to pieces. In Avengers, it's like everything's on the table. It's a little bit of a fuck around, and it's probably going to be fine. <laughs> yeah, and uh, to the point that I was making earlier, I just want to reemphasize that it is such a joy yeah. to be to be able to jump into a book and be like, I don't exactly know what's going on. It does not matter because this is a blast to read. Yeah, yeah. and that yeah. is a very rare experience plus, nowadays. Uh, they're nailing it. Plus the amazing art with the oh my god, yeah, Ed McGinnis and, McGinnis and yeah. Paco Medina, fantastic, yeah. Yeah. so yeah. good. Definitely pick this up. IDW book again, Rising Sun, number one. This is by Ron Mars and David Rodriguez. Art by uh, Martin Cocoli. Uh, Cocolo? Cocolo. Let's say Cocolo. Cocolo. <laughs> oh, my God. What just that? There it is. <laughs> yeah, I figured it out. That's it. Uh, so this is a team of heroes fighting monsters, basically. That's pretty much it. Sure. Uh, yeah, yeah and what I liked about this is it sort of has like a sort of Power Rangers y feel like samurai. Like it's a team and they all have the little sign. Mm-hmm. Uh except Chico's bad. They all have a clan. Yeah. Uh Chico's bad and Ku Ku Klux or no. Dude, <laughs> what the clan. fuck? Dude. Man. Uh Buddy's clan? <laughs> I hate uh, you there, so much. See, <laughs> isn't that it's much more palatable? Oh, okay. Uh I like that it's sort of like Fun premise, something goes wrong, and then we get to hear, hear their individual takes. That's how they differentiate them yeah. through this tragic thing. But that also, I like the kind of uh, message of, like, you know, working together and stuff like that. Yeah, just like we do. Yep. <laughs> uh, the uh, To your point, Justin, reading this, I was like, is this a video game property? Is this an IDW? Yeah. Is this an adapted thing? And maybe it is. Yeah. I don't know, but they don't have any notes about that anywhere, so it feels like... It is ready-made for something, like a trading card game or something like that. Oh, nice. Yeah. The coolest of games. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, you like video games? You're going to love trading card games. Don't (laughs) shit on trading card games. I would never. I'm not. I just said, if you like video games and don't like 
electricity. You. If you don't like electricity, you're gonna love trading card oh. games. Stop with the don't like. You can By do the way, like I electricity have a job for you. Oh, what's that? Being yeah, an ass, yeah, being ass. a regular <laughs> asshole. <laughs> way ahead of you, bro. <laughs> I went to college for that. We're looking for a plucky lug son of a bitch like you. <laughs> oh our company. Uh, all right, back to DC Comics. The Batman's Grave, number four by Warren Ellis and art by Brian Hitch. Man, this book is so good. Every single issue, it's ridiculous. It's worth it alone to just see Bruce and Alfred fucking with each other. Oh, my which God. Which is like nonstop, and it's super fun. The This is, I'm just going to totally spoil the last battle of the issue, but... Yeah. Alfred is barely in this one because most of it is an amazing fight scene. Yeah, uh, yeah. Brian Hitch draws of Batman just fighting these superpowered dudes as he's tracking down a conspiracy, as he's always wanted to do. But to your point, the end of the issue is he's like, well, I don't know what's going on here with this new enemy. Gets back in the cave. Uh, and then just Alfred just razzes him for a solid page. And the last battle is Alfred looking away as Batman takes a batarang and is about to throw it at him. So good. Yeah. So funny. It's just a fun. They're having a lot of fun. And, you know, what's interesting is the first time I read through this comic, I was like, oh, man, this is a lot of action and a lot of fun. I was like, I want to listen. I want to read this again, but put music in the background, and uh, that's the oh. first time I've really kind of like I've listened to music and read comics before, but I've never felt like it gelled. Hmm. But I put on some like heavy metal music and reread it, and man, it really took it to another level. Wow! Okay. Look at I this had curated. a I had a Merlot, which also paired very <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> that's really nice. Yeah, I read this running um, six miles, <laughs> so it's really good, really breathy. By the way, on that note, I want to mention I gained thirteen thousand. You haven't said anything about that. Well, <laughs> you're right. I should have definitely called that out instantly. And to be fair, for those of you listening, we share weight, so. One of us loses, the other gains. We're yes. like... We, uh, we're, before we take podcasts, we have a way in. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, I really hope I move up to welterweight podcasts. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Wait, I wanted to jump back. I completely forgot about this, and I don't know why I just remember right now, but if you know Rob really well, Pete, I have a question for you. In the backup story in that issue, mm-hmm. Rom is flying through space with a bear that has a mask. Oh, yeah. yes. I meant to talk about this, too. What, the, what, what is, is that? that? What is that? No, that's like, great. No, he's not hiding his identity who's gonna be like oh okay i didn't recognize that bear in space yeah especially the throwing on his name which i think is kamoki yeah and it's like you're not gonna keep your identity secret with a tiny little mask right bear you're a bear is it like a sloth or an anteater i don't know i think it's just like a bear in space what if it's a natural i bear guess if it was like a ground bear space. like you walked up to a ground bear like were you that space bear i saw with the mask and he just be like Row. and be like well i guess not Hmm. Hmm. Just looks like it. All ground ground bears dream of going into space. <laughs> ground bears. <laughs> also, no ground bears are also known as bears. <laughs> he says ground bear. Yeah. All right, dark horse. Have you comics. seen one of those air bears or yeah. water bears? <laughs> oh uh, man, air bear stare, man. Watch out. <laughs> <laughs> From dark horse comics, steeple number five. This is script and art by John Allison. Uh, we talked about the first issue of this. I think it was. An episode just you and I were on, right, Peter? No, I talked oh, about it. Oh, you were talked about it as well. I was there. <laughs> Did I was you doing do the, all the all the people bit at the end? Uh, yeah, open yeah. the door and seal the people. Yeah. yeah. 
so the conscience book initially was a woman moves to a small town, finds out the local priest is battling monsters. As gotta, it happens when you move to a small town. Got to kick him off a cliff all the time. That's basically his M.O. Uh, and there's also a church of Satan in town. Skip a couple of issues forward. She's wrestling with her faith. Uh, ultimately, spoiler, joins the church of Satan while uh, the church of Satan denizen who was working at the local bar has now gone over and is maybe working for the church. Um, I really like this a lot. Like just the characters and the characterizations of everybody is so specific and so fun. Plus yes. I love the tone that is like letting everybody know vacuuming is evil. You know, if you yeah. vacuum, yeah. you know, it's probably possessed, so you shouldn't vacuum. That is a major takeaway here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, the story, character, and tone are really fun, and the art is not what you'd expect. It's uh, yeah. a little cartoonier. It sort of feels Scott Pilgrim-y in a great way. And I think, I keep meaning to look it up. Is it the same artist as Giant Days, I um, think? It is Sarah Stern, I uh, want to say. Uh, well, it's by... Uh, oh, no, it's script and art John Allison. Sarah Stern's a colorist. Yeah, I don't remember. It looks a lot like Giant Days to me, so maybe. Uh, yeah. Wow. yeah. There we go. Uh, Image Comics, Lucy Claire Redemption, number two, written and drawn by John Upchurch. I think this was actually the one that you and I talked about. Yeah. Uh, the first issue of this, clearly a sequel series, never read the initial series, didn't matter because we both loved it, about a young girl who gets sucked back into the werewolf murdering business. That's where we follow up in this issue. Uh, this issue was brutal, and I was pretty convinced that you probably loved it, right, Pete? Oh, yeah, it was great. Great wolves. Are you being sarcastic? I no, I loved oh, okay. it. All right. Yeah, it was really good. I mean, that whole uh, thing where, like, like, oh, God, the other guy, and then they kind of, like, showed he's, like, with the knives and shit. Loved it. I really liked um, the design of the werewolves. Yeah. The green yeah. Uh, wolves. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. The art is very, very good in here. And if you want to watch, uh, watch. If you want to read some brutal werewolf action, this is the book for you. And I also liked how, like, it was... I wouldn't want to say I'm aware of itself, but like it was, they had like a fun moment where it was like, oh, are you guys going to do this anyway? Is this where this is going? And they're like, yeah, totally, 100%. And they're like, okay, cool. So instead of yeah, like a little meta. saved, yeah, instead of having a whole conversation, like she's uh, kind of used her experience to with the help with the storytelling, which I thought was very creative. Yeah. From DC Comics, Legion of Superheroes number three, written by Brian Michael Bendis, art by Travis Moore and Ryan Sook. In this issue, Superboy continues to mess up and brings Robin forward to the future. And everybody's like, what are you doing, Superboy? Yeah. Meanwhile, in the background, everything's going wrong, and there are 5,000 characters. Uh, you, Justin, like the first two issues of this, right? Uh, yes, and I will say we talked a little bit about how uh, con there's so many characters and we're not, we weren't really aware of what was happening or the, what the characters were doing. And right. I think... Uh, th this issue made me really get on board with that criticism of it because it's crazy to me when there's so many characters here to be like, and here's Robin, Damian yeah. <laughs> Wayne from the past who comes here and is just sort of hanging out when it's but, like, let's talk about all these other characters and get into some of the storylines dealing with the future. Cause it's like Aquaman's trident, Damian Wayne, like we're dealing with past and we have this open palette, open field of the 31st century that I'd love to get to. Yeah, uh, but also what's nice is Brian Michael Bennis is talking about an issue that we need to talk about. Oh, Orientation videos are important, guys, okay? Oh it's God. super important, you know, that you're really paying attention. Are you in charge of them at work? Is that what's going on? <laughs> yeah. No, I just thought it was so okay. funny how they kept being like, 
This wouldn't have happened if you watched the orientation video. Like, is, why can't you watch a video? I hope we get to see a next issue. Yes, this is. I can't tell. I can't tell whether this is Bendis purposely pushing against that idea. It feels like it. Yes, which is three issues in a little frustrating. He's like taking the piss out of us a little bit. Yes. I think you could do that. He's stealing urine from us, is what I'm saying. He's ripping it out yeah. of our urethras. That's right. He's yeah. taking the piss. Yeah. Uh, that's the sort of thing I think you could do like for the first half of an issue. Just have mm-hmm. Superboy fly all over the beginning of the first issue. It'll be like, you got to watch the orientation tape. Watch the orientation tape. Or even an entire first issue, and it'll be like, okay, fine. And then he sits down, and the next issue is like... Here's our concept issue. Here's what's happening. But right now, it's just like too many things are happening, and I can't keep track of anything. But at the same time, the art, very good. The character's very good. There's so many ideas going on here that I'm willing to stick it out, at least for now. All right, last one we're going to talk about from Humanoids, Strange Lands, number five, script by Magdalene uh, Visaggio and Darcy Little Badger, art by Vincenzo uh, Frederici. this is something we're just jumping into in the middle. It's mm-hmm. about two people. They have powers. They've been chased by oh, a vulnerable yeah. guy, uh, and they escape on a cruise until he shows up again. Really adorable and fantastic. I really love this issue. Uh, I think it's uh, the art's amazing. I love this relationship. I'm very curious to see how this all unfolds. Uh, and what's great is the. Two main characters are intelligent enough to realize when they're around danger, which is great because there's nothing that drives me crazy when you're like on the run and then there's like a human falls in the water and then the other one would be like, hey, no worry. No, let's get back to dance and everything's fine. I'm glad that they were uh, uh, aware of everything that's going on. So I, I, I'm excited for more of this. I think it's great. Yeah. Cruise safety is the number one concern. Watch the orientation video. Yes. Uh, I, I was just going to say real quick that this emotionally pleasantly reminded me of Pushing Daisies uh, oh. just because you have this main... I, I don't the know TV the, show. The TV show. Uh, you have this main couple. They have these powers that seem to be repulsing powers, so they can't touch each other. But they're yeah. clearly interested in each other, like each other, maybe in love with each it's other. It's like six feet apart, you know. Six, five feet apart? Five feet apart, yeah. Six oh. feet under? <laughs> Whatever. It's like a number and some yeah. words after it. Yeah. Uh, so I like that. I think that gives it nice emotional grounding, which is really what sucked me into the issue. What do you feel, Justin? Uh, I feel like I like this. Where's, uh, where's your feels? Where's <laughs> yeah, your, what's feels your feels? I have all the feels. I like this as well. It reminded me of um, a book we talked about uh, recently about the two people whose powers get amplified uh, oh, when right. they're with each other. Yeah. Yes. Uh, which is something with heart in the name. Um, and I really like that. Yeah. It felt like um, emotional X-Men. Um, and this uh, feels like a different version of that, but I love it. a two-hander that really gets into the characters and it feels like we're really going to be with these people for a long time. I agree. And that is it for the stack. If you'd like to support us, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. at the People's Improv Theater Loft in New York. Come on by. We'll definitely chat with you about comic books. Pete, what do you want to plug? Friend us on Facebook so you get to know about the amazing guests we have on our live show. Follow us on Twitter at Comic Book Live. Check us out at Comic Book Club at live.com for this podcast and more. You can subscribe at comment and please do comment on iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher or the app of your choice and we'll see you at the annual shareholders meeting for Assholes Incorporated. No. Buddies Incorporated.